The following episode of Battleship Pretension is brought to you by Agile Mobile Hostile, a new film documenting a year in the life of R&B legend Andre Williams. A recent selection of the AFI Fest, Agile Mobile Hostile will be screening at the Hollywood Arclight on November 7th and November 9th. For further details, just go to www.agilemobilehostile.com or click on the banner ad on the homepage at battleshippretension.com. Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. What's up? Very exciting. Got a guest here. Once again, yes. That's right. Uh, and with, with the election right around the corner, <laughs> uh, we decided to have a, a political comedian on. Uh, we got Jimmy Dore here. Jimmy Dore, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You know, um, uh, you know I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, I know that uh, you guys love to watch puking in mu- movies. Oh, you are? You, yeah, that's me. And uh, my, I got to tell you, one of my favorite puke scenes, it didn't happen in a movie. It happened on the Californication series. And, uh, oh, okay. I've have not you, watched you ever oh, watch I, that? I, I, watched the, I watched the first episode and decided I wasn't going to stick with it. Wow. <laughs> I love that show. Really? Yeah. To me, he's like an interesting John Stamos. Right? <laughs> by, by the way, and, I, and Stamos is on my mind because I had, uh, I had uh, margaritas, or should I say cocktails, uh, sitting across from him at the uh, Casa Vega yesterday. Right. Where, where's, where's, the, where's Casa Vega? Casa Vega is on uh, Ventura and uh, I don't, Coldwater right around is, there. Is it like oh, a okay. fancy place? No, in fact, <laughs> and the food is very mediocre. And, I, and the fact that I first thought was when I saw Stamos there was like, huh, doesn't matter how rich or famous you are, if you live in L.A., you have to eat mediocre Mexican food. Uh-huh. <laughs> it reminds me of the time that I went to uh, Kabuki on Vine, like near Sunset and Vine. If you've uh-huh. ever been there, it's a it's a sushi place. Yeah. And it's not it's not a shitty sushi place, but it's like it's more, it's like a, it's, 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 it's like the macaroni grill of sushi places. Yes, and uh, is it really? That, 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 that's I, how I think of it. Like it's a, it's like just like a high end chain, you know, oh. uh, but not not too. It always high end. gets. I think it gets good ratings in the Zagat. Okay, yeah. maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, ref- I, I and I refuse to say Zagat by the way, sure. which is how I hear Larry Mantle say it on KPCC or whatever the fuck that but, is. Uh, but uh, I, I sat and had my had my squid next to Ron Howard at the, at Kabuki. Hmm. Really? Yeah, you'd think that guy could would be, I don't know, it's some. I don't know. I, I don't know the name. It's of the L.A. There's yeah. like you know what? I just spent a week in San Francisco, and uh, it makes you realize how mediocre the restaurants are in Los Angeles. There's a within a three block area where I was staying. There was like restaurants I didn't even get to get to. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I I, I love them. It was my favorite. And uh, that doesn't. I have to get in the car and drive forever to find a restaurant that. That'll do something for me in Los Angeles. You know what what, what do you like to eat around here? There's really very few places. I mean, I go to a bunch of mediocre places, you know, uh, on a consistent basis. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? First of all, it's hard to get away from. T- I, there's a. I do have. There's little finds. Like there's a place called uh, Cafe Verde in Pasadena on uh, on Green Street. On Green Street, oh, which sure. is nice. They used to. Uh, 
you know, they have such great steak sandwiches. It's like a little hidden gem. They have these steak sandwiches there that are fantastic. Mm. Pasadena is full of places like that. That's my favorite place I to wish. go. Eat, I wish Pasadena. there were more. There's, there's, then there's like, but there's no place. There's a place called Fuxing that has good Chinese, but not like amazing. Like there's no place that's amazing, you know? They're, they're all like, like for instance, um, in, in San Francisco, there's this place that does an amazing breakfast. It's called Mama's. Just, uh, just you can't even believe, like uh, off the chart. People stand in line, which I did, uh-huh. and that's how good it is. And you're just so happy to have it. And uh, so I come back to Los Angeles, and I'm telling people about this, and they go, "I go, where, where was, where's, where can you get an amazing breakfast in Los Angeles?" And they all go, "I, I don't know. I can tell you where you can get the best one." Yeah, no, that's not <laughs> that's not the same thing, is it? No, I know where can I get a good breakfast. Yeah, I know where good breakfasts are. I don't know where an amazing breakfast is in in Los Angeles. Do you? Um. No, no. Uh, other than, yeah, other than Denny's, no. I, I don't know where you go. <laughs> I can, I know where there's good. You know, there's. This I can pl- tell you good breakfast. There's in a couple uh, of places. Chicago, but that's yes, yeah. in Chicago, right? Yeah. This is, and that just shows you how Los Angeles is so lacking in restaurants. They're all, they're just all about the same. They're just about all evenly mediocre. I tend to go the other way in Los Angeles and eat like the really cheap, like ethnic food. You know, I eat like a taco trucks and I eat like. Uh, you know, falafel, like little hole-in-the-wall falafel places. That's, uh-huh. that's what I tend to – and you get really good – I live, like, real near Thai town, so I get oh, great right. Thai See, food that's another like thing. six, seven bucks. That's another thing. People will put up with shitty Thai food in Los Angeles, like, amazing. Like, people go to that place, Toy, right, because it's open till 4, and it's okay. You Which know, place is that? It's on a Sunset and uh, Gardner. Oh, yeah. Well, that's And it's open till 4, and people go there. It's very popular, you know. People go all the time, and uh, – like you go to go two miles east to where you're actually in Thai town, you can get great food. <laughs> it's, you know what? It, but it's it's amazing what people put up with. Anyway, I'm sorry. I don't know how this got off on a food discussion. Well, well, this my is, fault. Th- it's this kind of political discussion <laughs> that has uh, shot you right to the top. I uh, love food, though. <laughs> I'm a big food person. Um, but uh, now let's let's uh, you know get to know you a little bit. Uh, you actually just had a. Uh, well, okay, when this airs, several months ago, you had a special... August 1st, my special... August 1st. Let's just say the date, yeah. You had a special called Citizen Jimmy, an hour-long special on Comedy Central. It's still airing, by the way. And Is the, it? Okay, uh, The last time... Uh, well, it aired immediately thereafter on the 15th of September. Okay. Which is, uh, as we speak, still hasn't happened. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> and then after that, I'm sure there'll be another one and another one, but... Uh, okay. So that's nice. But it's also available... On DVD, it's like right away. Goddamn like right it is. Yeah. You kidding me? <laughs> you, you, hit, you hit it over. You go over to JimmyDoorComedy.com. You click on that thing, and it takes you to Amazon.com. Or you can just go right to Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> or you can get it at iTunes too. So yeah, I a, uh, I bought. Where else you buying shit? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I uh, yeah, it's on. It's in DVD form, and it's also uh, available uh, as an album on iTunes, which is what I did. I bought it. Uh, I bought the album because I haven't, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but uh, oh, but it's great. It's really you, funny. I couldn't get, I could have gotten you a promotional copy. Oh, all right. Well, that's fine. You, you know, know. Uh, our guests usually do something like that for us. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You know what? I bet I have something in my car. So let me. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. We'll we'll take a break. That's we're not going to take a break. <laughs> but um, anyway, so uh, well, where did you? You know, where did you? When did you start comedy? And more specifically, like at what point did you realize? You know what? I want my comedy to be. Because a lot of comedians talk about politics, but there are very few that are known specifically as political comedians. You know, when did you decide, well, that's what I want to do? Well, you know, it all started, my buddy got a bunch of friends of mine were uh, out in Los Angeles at the comedy store on vacation, and they dared me. 
And uh, <laughs> I all, that, how many times have you heard that stupid story? That, that yeah. is not how it happened, Howie Mandel. <laughs> you worked hard at it like everybody else. And um, no, no, I had always been, uh, you know, my favorite comics had always been people like George Carlin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always intrigued by Lenny Bruce and Bill Hicks, of, of course. Yeah. He almost made me quit first time I saw him. You know, I was like, oh, boy. Like when I, cause when I saw I started in Chicago uh-huh. yeah. in the uh, early 90s, and I used to be able to see Bill Hicks all the time. Right? He he played there four, four weeks a year, hmm. and uh, he would do, like, fucking 10 shows a week, you know? Oh, man. It was a, it was a ma- ma- gr- amazing schedule. He would do three shows on a Friday, and... Uh, yeah. His energy level, I'm surprised he got through one. This I was mean, after he was he's sober. Oh, okay. Hmm. So uh I never saw him drunk. So I never I never saw him when he was on drugs. So I only saw <laughs> I only saw the I saw the guy who was you know always hit clicking on all cylinders, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first time I saw him I just was like cuz I was I felt like pretty much like cocky guy in Chicago like I was right. like ah, I got this figured out. <laughs> they wait till they get a load of me and what have you and then I saw <laughs> Bill Hicks and I swear to god, man, it was like Five minutes in, I just started feeling bad about myself, <laughs> and it just got worse and worse, and to the point where I had to go drink. <laughs> and I did. I go. I immediately left that show, like dazed, like as if, like if someone just beat me up or something. <laughs> and I don't know how I got over to the bar, and I was just drinking, like crying in my beer, and my friend Steve Seagren kind of talked me out of it. Well, and also, uh, you know, Bill Hicks died, so that's kind of a good thing. Oh, for I was you. like, I was like, thank God. <laughs> oh, it's such a stroke, right? Because. You know, was it's it a like stroke? It, it's <laughs> uh, uh, well done. Um, it's like uh, it's like if Michael Jordan, it's like oh, and then everybody else can be a little bit better now. Yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't see how human we are. Not somebody thrown off. the He curve. makes every Bill Hicks made everyone else look very human. I think. Yeah. Um, so so okay. that's how I got started. That All so right. my kind of comedy. So then people always tell told me I should talk about my family. You know, which always seemed boring to me because it was my life, but it was right. really interesting to other people because I came from 12 kids. Wow. And I had lots of colorful stories because we grew up kind of poor in a blue-collar neighborhood. My dad was a cop and a lot of criminals in our neighborhood and drug addicts and shit like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so I would talk about that, and my family would get mad at me, you know? Uh-huh. They, don't like, they don't like that stuff. They're like, well, why do you have to tell the bad stuff? Because that's the funny, interesting shit, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I did a lot of that. Um, uh, not a lot. So it was a mixture of that stuff. And then about two years ago, the UCB opened in Los Angeles. Was that right. when it opened? Maybe three years ago? Yeah, almost three years ago now. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I knew those guys uh, from my days in Chicago. And um, they asked me if I wanted to do a show at their space. And I was like, well, I, I knew if I said no, that that would be me uh, being afraid. Hmm. Like, oh, because it's a big thing to do your own show. Like, you have to not only write it and do it, but you have to, like, then promote it right. and get guests and put make sure people are there to see it. And it's a fucking pain in the ass, man. And uh, and it's for free. I mean, they and don't it's pay for anybody free. at UCB. Right. And, you're, yeah. cause, and it's just a labor of love, you know? Yeah. And at the same time, I'm touring and doing my own stand-up. And anyway, so I just decided, well, I used to uh, just... You know, this, this last eight years has just left everyone's head spinning, you know? And... Uh, Except for people like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Bill yeah. O'Reilly, who are yeah. who somehow have their jobs. Like no one loses their jobs. Like you guys have been wrong about everything for as long as I've been listening to you. Yet people still listen to you, and you still get to have a job, right? And that you're still you're still taken seriously. The guys who have been well, wrong the, about every fucking thing. <laughs> the amazing thing that they've done, because 
I'm from I'm from Missouri, much like Rush Limbaugh, so I have a uh-huh. particular level of hatred for him. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I feel like he's misrepresenting me. Um, what, what people like that have done amazingly is, that, you know, they, like, Rush Limbaugh was, of course, very popular among conservatives during the Clinton years because the Republicans could, uh, at least with the presidency, be seen as, like, the underdogs, like they were fighting against something. Then the Republicans took control of everything, and Rush Limbaugh and Pretty people like that, and even George W. Bush, still behave as if they're the, they're the, the underdogs. Yes. And oh, my God. That is such, yes. That, yes. How come <laughs> I've, I have never heard this before? But you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. Did you come up with that yourself? Because that's pretty <laughs> astute. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, you, I think we've had you and I have had a discussion about that before. I think with Grant uh, with Graham Elwood, just oh, the okay. idea of like you, you can't know, run. You kind of you kind of come to prominence questioning whoever is in authority, yeah. and yet somehow these guys are mouthpieces for the authority, and they're still insanely popular. Yes, exact. Well, that's exact. Yes, how can you be? It's like why. It's like it's amazing how much well, I grew up. People hated Russia. That was America's thing. We right. hated Russia. Russia was horrible. They're, they they had no freedoms and they, they they even their newspaper, the government is from the government, right. right? Well, people can't wait to do that shit here in America. The people who call themselves the biggest patriots, they want to listen to Fox News, which is why. Well, just fucking let's turn on uh, Tony Snow. I mean, listen to. Uh, just get the White House have to tell you the news. If that's yeah. what you, why, what is it? Why do you want to be deceived? What is it? What's in it for you? <laughs> that's what I don't. It's like we all know you're supposed to question the government. We all know that power corrupts, and we have to. Come, so why wouldn't? Why would you want to listen to someone who just is a puck and puppet for them? I think because because they want they, uh, they want a narrative that they can get into. It, it, it. I think you're right. Yeah, and I so, think I think you know, and I you know I used to be a pretty staunch Republican, and I think it's just. You know, when, like, you want to believe that you're right. You know, it doesn't matter what it is you think. You want to believe that you're right. And these people tell you that you're, you're right. right. You know, and, and so you can you can be like, okay, good. Even if it's something, you know, even if you are, as you say, like, being deceived, like, it's like, well, I can always fall back. I'm being told that I'm right and good for me. I'm very happy with that. You know, and it, admittedly, for myself, it took me a long time to come around to the fact. It's like, you know, I don't like where the party is gone. I, I'm... So frustrated, I'm not going. I'm not giving them my membership anymore. I'm I'm walking away. And uh, but it took me a long time to get there because I wanted to believe that that I was right. It's a hard thing admitting that you're wrong about something as you know deep as uh, you know political conviction. Your ideology, ideology. Yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the, the reason why I think it works too is you say the narrative, but it's also because they give. I remember when I used to listen to Bill. Uh, Rush Limbaugh sometimes for fun when I used to be driving in the Midwest doing comedy. Right. Right. You go on these four hour road trips and that's the only thing that's on the. By the way, one time I was in Missouri stuck and, you know, all of a sudden in the middle of Missouri, they'll have road construction. So uh-huh. you're just stopped in yeah. the middle of nowhere with nothing to look at uh-huh. and nothing. And uh, so I decided to see how many radio stations I could get Rush Limbaugh in on at the same time. <laughs> Eleven. Uh, Eleven. That- that's funny because when I lived in southern Missouri, uh, I did a similar uh, experiment to see how many just how many classic rock stations there were. It's like you really only need maybe like two, at most. There was like five or six, and there. And the day that I stopped listening to the radio, this sounds like a joke. It sounds like I'm making it up. I swear to God, I am not. Uh, 
Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home Alabama was on one of the stations. So I'm like, ugh. So I switched over to the other. It's on the. It's on one ah! of the other ones too. It's on two of them at the same time. I'm like, I'm gonna start. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to buy a CD player and uh, just plug it in and and not listen to this anymore. So uh, yeah. you know what? Like, you know, if you flip around channels, uh, you have cable. You'll always be able to watch Law and Order. <laughs> yes, in Southern Missouri. Any time of the day, you will always be able to hear Radar Love. <laughs> <laughs> and shouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, you know what, speaking of political movies, it, it just reminded me, because Rush Limbaugh is really the modern-day uh, face in the crowd, that movie Face in the Crowd. Oh, yeah. with Andy Griffith. With yeah. Andy Griffith. He's that guy. Oh, and yeah. like It's like you watch this movie, and I go, oh, my God. And that movie was made in the 50s. Yeah. And you go, oh, my God. So they knew about this kind of shit back in the 50s. Like, it's yeah. just... And then you see Network, which was made in the 70s. Yeah. And they all are saying the exact... It's like, so everyone knows this is happening. And it's like, but no one's really... Everyone's kind of cool with it. Or or the people who aren't cool with it, they don't let on the, on the media anymore, right? Because you never see... They always say, well, we're fair and balanced. Well, really? When, is, when isn't Ralph Nader ever on TV? He's yeah. never on TV. Never. They always have like the guy from the Brookings Institute or some fucking guy from some other think tank or the Jagoff from the Wall Street Journal. Uh-huh. Or, but they'll never have fucking Ralph Nader on or the head of the fucking AFL-CIO. When are those guys ever on TV? Hmm. Yeah, I... Uh... When has Noam Chomsky ever fucking asked for his opinion? The leading intellectual in the world. Did they ever go for his opinion? <laughs> no, but we fucking ask what Laura Ingram thinks fucking 50 times a day. <laughs> it, it is crazy to me that, that, that anyone would complain about a liberal media bias when even, I mean, there are liberal crackpots, obviously, but they're not allowed on television. They're not allowed on but television. conservative crackpots are of all course. the time. Well, because they're, they do the bidding. I mean, even when you look at a guy like Charlie Gibson, have we all gotten a fucking painful look at how out of touch and ridiculous a guy like that is in charge of the news division at, at a major network. <laughs> the guy could not be more out of touch. He had no idea. He thinks the capital gains tax is the top <laughs> issue in the God. I, that's not even a joke. I'm not. That's not a joke. I'm that's sorry. not even a joke. You know what I mean? Like, that's how fucked up it is. He really thinks like to him. He thinks that the average person makes two hundred thousand fucking dollars. Uh-huh. That's what he thinks. He has no idea what's happening. He lives in, in a bubble. You know, uh-huh. these people that my own brother, who's the vice president of Void Castle, out of his wife's mouth came this. We're at dinner. and At for, White Castle? At, at White Castle. <laughs> yeah. You get it free. It's great. <laughs> and she said something of, we were talking about, he was complaining about how this, this woman had uh, tripped on the ice on one of his properties and sued them. And hmm. now how that's what's screwing up the economy because I have to pay for that. And if I had to fight it, I can't sue to get my legal. It would cost me more in lawyer fees, which I can't collect from her. And I was just like, so that's what's fucking wrong right now in America? <laughs> that these ladies are falling down, breaking their legs on the ice? That's what's screwing up everything? Are you out of your fucking mind? And his wife, like, without missing a beat, said, Jimmy, what about personal responsibility? Which I just, it's just like, you just have to walk away at that point, right? You just have to go, you mean, when they finally do have enough, when they finally do get an independent person somewhere involved in this government, and they investigate someone, they find out he's a fucking criminal, and they put him in jail, like Scooter Libby. Hey, uh-huh. guess what? We got an, investi- an independent guy who investigated. Her first one ever, and they fucking found out that this guy was... Com- they put him in jail, and they let him out immediately. Uh-huh. Guy committed treason, and they let him out, right? And, uh, this, and, and this fucking woman says to me, what about personal responsibility? We all know we invaded a country uh, under false pretenses. We all know we were lied to. We all know that the government has been shredding the Constitution fucking while they're waving the flag, wiping their ass with the Bill of Rights, 
And he, she's fucking with a straight face. What about personal responsibility? These motherfuckers made <laughs> millions and billions of dollars by deregulating the banking industry and completely fucking running wild with the mortgage industry. Now, we have to bail them out while they keep their millions. And she says to me, what about fucking personal responsibility? <laughs> With a straight fucking face. Now, Jimmy, if I had if if I had to guess, I would say that you are mad as hell, and you are not going to take this <laughs> and anymore. I am not going to take it anymore. <laughs> See, that's you know, my if subtle you watch transition. That movie facing well, that's and that's the thing too. Like these are rich people who who have uh, they have the internet, mm. they have access to information, and it's like you're almost willfully ignorant. Like that movie facing the crowd is out there. Yeah, that movie the network is out there. You know, those are movies. I'm not even talking about books and things you should ought to be reading. But that's just like stuff if you kind of accidentally just saw it, you would fucking wake you up. Yeah. When he stands up, Ned Beatty in Network, and says, there are no more countries. It's yeah. all corporations. Oh, please, there goes my phone. Speaking of a corporation. Oh, it's Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> He's probably calling to tell me where this is. Ah, okay. I um, So anyway, but, uh, but you know, I'm, I can't get like... On podcasts, which is why I started doing my podcast, in which mm-hmm. I like doing podcasts, is because comedy and everything else. Yes, because right. I get to do, I get to talk like this, which I'm not really allowed to talk like this on on a comedy stage because no. uh, I won't get booked nowhere. Which <laughs> is funny to see some of the reviews of my special were saying that Jimmy Dore can tackle whatever. I forget how the, but they said and he's the only one who does it without anger. Like they can, they compared me to Lewis Black and other people like uh-huh. that. Like, and he's the only one who can do it without anger, which I think is fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm fucking completely. That's what made me start doing that show at the UCB. Like, I'm like, right. well, what show do I want to do? Well, normally I sit and I watch the news and I scream at it. Right. Yeah. Like, not only, I just like I can't believe that what they're not saying, what they're not covering, and what they cho- and uh, so I just decided to. Well, I'll just do that show. I'll just show clips of the news and I'll yell at it. Right, and that kind of turned into my show called Pop and Politics at the UCB Theater, and that's well, I was just doing it for me, yeah. right? And then my manager, my current manager, who at the time uh, and still is with Jim Gaffigan's manager and mm-hmm. Ron White, he saw me and he said you should do that show on the road. That could be a big show. Uh-huh. And I was like, R- really? I go, I-, I don't think people will like it because I'm really just talking from my heart. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. And uh, he said, no, that's what you got it. And so I started touring with it, and the Comedy Central saw some of it, and they said, would you like to do an hour special? And that's how I started doing political comedy. Mm-hmm. It was just like, because I had already done a half-hour special, and it had it had some issue. Like, it was more like a, I talked about, like, the death penalty and stuff. Right. I, I like to more talk about issues anyway, you know? Yeah. But uh, I'm just, am, I too, am I going on too long about this? Should we talk no, more about movies? That's fine. We'll get back to movies. Yeah. And uh, and it didn't really do anything for me, right? I did. I had a half hour special that I was proud of, and I thought covered all the bases I wanted to cover, and it made not a comp- not a dent. I mean, it was just nice to have. It was nice to say you had it. and I'm right. glad I did it, and I'm proud of it. But it, like, as far as like it get, making me more money, or there's like it get it's like uh, stand up comedy these days. It's like uh, it's what America's heading through. There's 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 a bunch of poor people, and there's your super rich. There's like the super rich. There's like you know the Brian Regans, the David Tells, the Lewis Blacks, right? Uh-huh. And then there's a bunch of guys making uh, the bottom money, which is like uh, I don't want to let, let's not talk money, but you know it's uh, it's like around two thousand dollars a week you go out. Like I was surprised to find out a guy. There's a guy on television right now who told me he goes Jimmy, I, you know I make just as much as you. I'm like get fuck, you know. So that I mean I you know so I, I couldn't believe it. like that's kind of what a like what a touring headliner makes. Uh, and then until and then until you start selling a lot of tickets, and then when you start uh-huh. selling a lot of tickets, you make all your ticket money, hmm. you know. But right. uh, and that's what 
you know, Dane Cook, like, tried to teach everybody how to sell a ticket. I mean, that was everybody could learn from him, you know, and, and certainly in that regard. Yeah. But that's the reason why people become comedians, because they don't like to fucking do that shit. <laughs> right? That if, I, if I like to be... Like, I have a degree in marketing. Yeah. I don't like doing it. I didn't like writing advertising commercials. It fucking... It, was, it seemed stupid. <laughs> you know? And uh, it just seemed like, why well, I could just go do this? Like, I couldn't even believe I could do this, be a comedian. Well, I'm I'm ex- I'm exhausted. I need a nap, uh, but that's all right. But let's get let's let's start talking about uh, about movies. Well, you mentioned you know mentioned Face in the Crowd and Network. Was there anything else that you specifically? What other political themed movies do you do you love? I got you know what the there's only three really that I can think of off the top of my head. You know there was that one American President with Michael Douglas, which was you know was kind of like the, 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 the liberals' response to the Rush Limbaugh's of the 90s, you know? It was just yeah. like, why, yeah, why shouldn't you be proud of being in the ACLU? And yeah. What the, what, yeah, it's a, it says civil liberty. Why, that's what this country's... What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. But there's lots of people who have a big problem with freedom in America. That, I mean, that's the funniest part about America, right? Like, those people really don't... You can't burn the flag. Yes, you can burn the flag. It's freedom. Yeah. Well, we don't like that. Well, you're not fucking totally on board with freedom then. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you shouldn't be able to say hate speech. Yes, you should. It's fucking freedom. You don't get freedom. You know, that, that doesn't mean you're free. You, you have you're free to be you're free from being offended. Yeah, exactly. No, that's not that's not what freedom is. You know, that's you know, freedom is messy. You know, and I used to be Mr. Gun Control, which that's another issue that's so tough to. Yeah. You know, you don't need the guns to protect us from each other, but from the goddamn government. You know, hmm. you hit on it because I'm pretty much a, I'm a pretty big, pretty much a liberal. But uh, guns are something that I, I think we should be allowed to own guns, and you hit on the reason why because someday we might have to rise up again, and the government should be afraid of us. Look at the FBI. Look at the look at the DE. Yes, the government should be afraid of the people, and it's not that way, you know. Yeah. But look at the DEA coming in right now, uh, and they and they bust pot stores. They and they go in with full gear. Yeah. They go in like they're going down to take down the fucking mafia, <laughs> and it's just a bunch of stoners standing around uh-huh. fucking smoking pot, and they it's go just in. Jeff, it's just Jeff Bridges and the Big Lebowski, just a whole yeah, store. That. Yes, and those, and it's just like, and you just want to go. Aren't you ashamed of you? Like, it's like you're a grown up person. You're getting dental for this. This is what you're. You're like, this is what you've chosen to do. This is what you're going to do all fucking day. It's like, why don't you go? Over, why don't you go knock over lemonade stands too later on? Like, you fucking what a waste of life. And they go with full gear, like they're some kind of badass. It's like, why don't you go home and fucking kick your dog later? Just they're such pukes. I met a DEA guy once. And just a puke, a fucking puke. Nobody says that anymore about somebody that they're a puke. Oh, you don't hear just it very a fucking, often. just a nimrod, not an original thought in his head. Fucking, just tell me what to point me, and I'll go do what you say, sir. Just a fucking stupid idiot. Well, this if we're going to talk about movies. This reminds me of a movie that you're uh, briefly in, which is Doug Benson's documentary. Oh, that was a super good movie too. Did you see that? Oh uh, yeah, I loved it. And I, I mean, I, had I heard... really turned out well. I had heard him talking about it on stage before it was, you know, before it came out, and I expected it to be funny, and it was. But it was such a great, like, pretty even-handed look at the issue of of legalized and medicinal marijuana. I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that movie yeah. is. It's like you you think it's going to be this stupid stuff. First of all, let's talk about Pineapple Express. I didn't see it yet, and I, I don't know that I will. It, but you, yeah, you were. I saw it, and I got to go. You know, it's it, people go. You, oh, you must have loved it. No, no. I mean, it's obviously made by a guy who has mixed feelings about pot. 
Uh-huh. Like, he doesn't know how he... He did not know... Because there's a point in the movie where... Uh, and I'm not blowing anything for you, where uh, they obviously get into a, some hot water. Uh-huh. And... Uh, <laughs> Seth Rogen turns to the his to the guy and says, "You know, maybe we should stop smoking pot." And he goes, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "That's what ca- that's why we're in all these problems." And I'm like, "No, that's not. It's obviously if you're watching the movie, that's not why they're in their problem. You're you're in the problems you're in in this movie because you saw a murder and instead of fucking going to the police, you went to your dealer's house. That's why you're in a fucking Anyway, well, I'm is, not ruining anything in the movie uh, by the this, way. This murder this is a drug related related murder, right? Yeah. So the problem is not that they need to stop smoking pot. They need to stop <laughs> having to keep it secret. And right. It needs to be it yeah. needs to be legal. It goes There wouldn't be murders be about drugs if you could buy them at 7-Eleven. Yes. Yes. No Well, I love the people I remember I used to watch Phil Donahue all the time and uh First of all, just when people say that about the media's liberal, mm-hmm. the media it, it only lets people on that say stuff that doesn't hurt the corporate machine, meaning the defense, the industri- military-industrial complex, right? Phil Donahue was the guy. He had his own talk show mm-hmm. on MSNBC, and he was the only guy speaking out against the war on television. The only guy before the war started. They got rid of him, and he had the highest-rated show on MSNBC. They pulled his show, highest-rated show on MSNBC when they pulled it. Hmm. So I'll just uh, I don't know what how that made me think of that, but um, I'm sorry that I that now I, <laughs> I feel like I put a speed bump no. in the conversation. Did you see uh, what was the movie that he uh, yeah, produced? He, ma- he produced well, it was recent, was it, right? Was oh it yeah, the he Morris recently documentary? did it. it was about uh, you know what I think it was about the soldiers. You know I can't see, I can't watch it like that, man. I can't watch stuff about kids coming home with their legs blown. I can't I can't yeah. you know and uh, and I which is I just think it's hilarious. Too how people just roll over and like the, you know the government doesn't let you see the coffins of the soldiers come home. Yeah. and everybody's fucking cool with it. <laughs> everybody's just go, okay, I guess. Don't let us see. It's like, and we laugh at China. You know, we laugh at China. Like I, I had a joke about the opening ceremonies, which were amazing. Yeah, you know, and it just goes to show. What how you, about those closing ceremonies? Yeah. Those, those are oh, good too. I haven't, yeah, that was oh, ma- oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Michael Phelps. He won like twenty eight medals, right? Sure. It, wasn't it? Yeah. No, he did it. But uh, but the, but the joke I did was it's amazing what you can accomplish when you rehearse at gunpoint. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and then I just I said that joke on stage the other night. I thought to myself like, ha ha ha, the Chinese don't have freedom. Like in my head, <laughs> I'm like, that's what we're laughing at. Ha 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 ha. They uh-huh. don't get to express themselves. Stupid Chinese. Ah. <laughs> But then we are so willing to let it happen here. Like, we're willing to let the governments keep the bad things off the TV. Like, you can't see the dra- draped coffins. You can't hear the bad news. You can't hear Ralph Nader or Noam Chomsky. We don't know. You listen to Sean Hannity and Charlie Gibson. Fucking retard. Sorry, this just keeps happening. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting, actually, because earlier you talked about, like, uh, something like, you know, facing the crowd and network and how people will watch it. But they may not really do anything about it. Really, the only movies, the only like political movies that pe- that might actually get people kind of riled up are documentaries these days. I mean, as much as I don't care for uh, Michael Moore's filmmaking style, he does get people revved up. You know, I mean, he does inspire them well, to kind of make it a difference. Well, isn't amazing also too how people have been able to, how the corporate media has gotten people to hate my like regular people to hate Michael Moore. Mm-hmm. Like, say what you want about his sense of humor or him as a person. He might even have a douchey disposition, but. He's out there. He's a the guy out there fighting for the little guy. Yeah. Like, and why would the little guy hate him? Why? How, how has that happened? Oh, he's 
what, what, I mean, you ask people why they hate Michael Moore. He's a liberal. Well, what the? F- yeah, have you seen the movies? He tries to help people. Have you guys seen the trailer for An American Carol? No. Have yes. you heard about this? Holy crap. It, maybe it's come out by the time this is up. I don't know. Yeah, when I don't it's know. It's, it's, it's kind of small. What is it? It's very it's strange. It's essentially um, the, the right wing making a comedy that makes fun of Michael Moore. And Kevin Farley plays him, plays yeah. uh, Brother Mi- of Michael Farley. Malone, I think oh, okay. is, the, is the character's name. Yeah. And there's a little a line where he's like, uh, I love this country so much. That's why I have to destroy it. Like it's it's you got go watch the trailer. Oh, okay. It's, it is. It's it's infuriating. It's infuriating. That is the <laughs> that's the word I was going to use because it's just like you watch and you're like, what, what? Why is Kelsey Grammer's in this and James Woods? I like James Woods. What's he doing in this? I think he plays himself. But like, yeah, it's, oh, that's it's what, very strange. Yeah, that's what happens. In the, it's sort of like a, it's an American Carol, say a Christmas Carol, where the instead of the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of past, like. Great Americans come to show Michael the Michael Moore uh, surrogate. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer plays, Kelsey Grammer uh, plays Patton. General Patton, which is an odd bit of casting. John yeah. Voight, one of my least favorite actors in the world, plays uh, Washington, I think. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird thing to watch. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll look, look it up. An American Carol. Watch it, and uh, you know you may need to buy a new computer because you will have punched your screen. <laughs> um, but it's uh, but yeah, I mean like. But even like that. Mo- I'm sorry, but even like that movie, Wal- the Walmarting of America, which is another documentary. It was about Walmart and when it. Yeah. Like I had oh. to turn it off after 20 minutes. I couldn't. I'm like I can't. It's so deplorable. Yeah, I know what's happening. Yeah, you know, and the people <laughs> who need to know about this the most are the people who are they cling to their ignorance and their and they do. They think they cling to their ignorance, like for whatever reason. That's the frustrating thing about movies like that is the people who most need to see it are the ones that probably aren't going to. Like you're not going to be like you watch the corporation, which is a documentary that I actually yes. didn't think I was going to like. I wound up liking it a great deal. Amazing, um, but it was you know the people who need to see it, they're not going to watch it. Not not maybe not even because of that movie specifically, but it's just like yeah, it that doesn't. So what do you me. where do you what do you see as an end game? Like it's really like speeding up this fascism, right? That's happening. Like that they, the, it's so fascist. Like we got we got us to invade an, another Arab country, right? Because of oil, mm-hmm. right? And it's like and people have no keep taking our rights away and it's like where is this going to end up, you think? Uh, we're a movie podcast, so I don't. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, but but I am interesting. I am interested interested to see if you know who gets elected and what effect that has on on like art and movies. Like, will it? You know, because apparently conservative pundits are going to uh, be popular no matter what. So like, if Obama gets in, then they can rail at length about it's like oh he's ruining the country it's like oh but it doesn't it seems to matter it doesn't matter who is president to you everybody's always ruining the country for you well but uh you know it's it's like you we were talking before the show that you you know it's like you you don't have a problem with conservative ideology in its pure form you know uh but it's the people who have screwed it up and same thing with you know same thing with the liberalism or or democrats it's like the people they're horrible like those democrats and we're all going to find out that I, i hope i'm wrong by the way that Barack is just like the, the Nancy Pelosi. I mean, they're, they both roll over on everything. They're both owned by the man. It's like, really, you know, that's why we need a third party. I'm all for third parties, you know? It'll never happen. Absolutely, though. yeah. And I, I, what I will say, this this uh, this episode is, has gone more political, and I'm, I'm kind of all right with that. I'm we've had, we've with had it, yeah. moments like that. But um, happened with Graham Elwood, oddly enough. But uh, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, But I feel like, and maybe this is me being overly optimistic, but I feel like... Like Ralph Nader, and then the emergence of interest in the Libertarian Party. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you know it may get 
half of one percent when the when the time comes. Right. But I feel like people of me and David's generation are. I think we are of a generation where it's just like okay. This isn't working out. Let's let's try and bring at least one or two more parties into this. Uh, and, yes. and that's you know, and that's the thing is, uh, listeners of the podcast know that that I'm that I really liked uh, Ron Paul, and he was just he was like the the lone voice of as you say sanity yes. in the Republican Party. Even even though him. I didn't agree with, yeah, they would boo him yeah. when he would say the truth. They right. would literally boo the truth. And the and the debates were just such. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, the, so, the debates. Um, I mean, that's what I mean. Oh yeah, and, then and Sean and the, Hannity just hated him. I know it was fun watching them go back and forth. L- look on YouTube, everybody. <laughs> but what's interesting is because he used to be uh, libertarian, and so I think he actually got people interested in what's his name, Bob Barr. Yes, uh, who is a former Bob Barr, Republican, who is a classic cocksucker, <laughs> but somehow has found him found his bearings again, and yeah. now he's all about the Constitution. You know, and so I, I, I hope maybe in you know certainly not this election, but maybe in like three or four elections from now, my hope is yeah, I, I still think that the two parties are going to be the major parties, but my hope is maybe you know libertarian and and uh, what is uh, Nader Green Green yeah and the Green Party you know like I hope that they kind of emerge a little more because I feel like people uh, as you know of me and David's generation maybe even a little younger. Uh, will start to be like, okay, clearly this two party thing is not working. Yeah, that's people, where I hope it goes, and I think it, I think it could go that way. Like, it's not. Uh, I don't think it's a crazy hope on my part that 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 it could go that way. Yeah, people, uh, I think of our generation. It's uh, you know, uh, Iraq is our sort of Vietnam, which has been said a lot of times. Mm-hmm, you know? Right. But you know, the young people, the Vietnam generation, they lashed out in in a certain way, like a you know. A big, wild, crazy, you know, <laughs> way. Yeah, uh, it got a lot of attention, and it, but you know, it 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 burned ve- burned out very quickly. I think. Yeah. Whereas I think people, uh, and this is again maybe just ridiculous optimism, like in your, like you were saying, but um, I think people of our age and a bit younger, like you said, are more interested in sort of maybe working the system, you know, like like rebelling from within and like really really seeing how how like a third party or something yeah. like that could could make could make changes it's a more it's a more pragmatic rebellion than the, than the hippie rebellion was i think Here, here's how and again this could be just optimism this is just what i hope is happening okay so listen listen to this I, 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 the only the only aspirations i've ever had in my life are movie related literally i've started thinking it's like you know what i like I would be a good. I would be like a good Republican. I feel like I would, you know, because I'm. I I feel like I represent. What, you know, I would do what the Republican Party is supposed to be doing, and then I. But it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't know anything about the government. I don't know anything about law. So I think that's. But like, literally, but like that, I've been so. I'm so. You know, interested. Well, I guess you know Reagan came from movies, so what do I know? But um, and Schwarzenegger. So maybe after a while. Uh-huh, but yeah. uh, but just in general, like just the <laughs> idea that. Uh, you know, if I'm thinking that, and I've only ever had one goal in my life, if I'm thinking that, maybe other people who are perhaps a little more, you know, prepared uh, intellectually uh, of our generation are like, yes, that's what I want. Like people who realize that maybe even within the two party system, they say, you know what, I this thing's not going away, but I can help to change my well, party. Yeah, this, this thing you bring up, uh, I hate to keep <laughs> cutting I'm you sorry, off, Jim. but. Uh, um, you said you know you don't know anything about the law. This idea that you have to like have gone to law school or something right. before you can get into politics—that's what leads to the, the. I mean, you have you generally have to be uh, well off or, or or lucky to go 
to law school or, or you know, and I mean, obviously that's not necessarily prerequisite, but I mean, the majority helps. of people, yeah, most yeah, people, yeah. They're, certainly they're there's a lot well more off. obstacles why, in your way if yeah. you're a regular person, and, and that's why you have to you have to go to an Ivy League school or whatever before you can be a, a senator or whatever, and that's why we have this. The, the the people who are representing us are coming from a very small margin of the population. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't have this idea that we have to follow these paths that cost a lot of money. Anyone can fucking run for anything. That's yeah. That's what this country is. And, and well, theoretically, anybody. Theoretically, can. <laughs> yeah. Right, but that's what we need to. I don't know if you guys saw. This was maybe the last season of 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 Bill Maher, of Real Time with Bill Maher, when Richard Dreyfus was on, and instead of being really political in either one way or the other, Richard Dreyfuss just kept hitting the point that we need to teach young people civics. Yes. We need to get civics back into yes. the classroom. People need to understand what their duty is as America and what, what, what this country is and what it represents and the fact that it's an experiment that is starting to fail and we can rescue it if we understand it. Yes, well, you know, the institutions are only as good as the people who run them. Yeah, and, right. uh, like, you know, there's a system of checks and balances, but guess what? There hasn't been any checks and balances for the last eight years because the people who are supposed to do the checking aren't fucking doing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, wasn't, there a, wasn't there a documentary called Can Mr. Smith Get to Washington Anymore? I haven't oh, seen it, it but didn't. What was that about? Uh, did you hear this, Jimmy? It's called Can Mr. Smith Get to Washington Anymore? I heard about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a guy um, who is running, actually. Uh, for I think the Senate or maybe the House I can't remember but he was from St. Louis actually uh, St. Louis Missouri where I'm from uh, and he's got this really ideological can- campaign and people are really behind him and it just shows how hard it is for someone like that who doesn't have a whole lot of money mm-hmm. but is is really smart and eloquent and has support when he comes up against this sort of machine of yeah. you know the, of, of the establishment. That there's there's a brick wall there, no matter how, no matter smart how smart or eloquent or how popular even he is. Yeah, I I remember you said that was one of your favorite movies of of that year, and I I still yeah, haven't I gotten that. around to watching it. But it sounds and this is a movie podcast. It's there, <laughs> not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, that's kind of the that's what iTunes says. You can't be a movie pot. You can't. We won't host you unless you see every movie no, uh, I, that's that's out there. No, I went to iTunes. Uh, to and for some reason, like I subscribed, and then I get mm-hmm. all the episodes. But you can't just like randomly, like you don't have them all listed. We should on iTunes. Oh, maybe I was looking at the wrong page or something. Oh, I did uh, click subscribe, possibly. and it, maybe I was looking at the wrong page. Okay, okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll help you out with that. You can, you know, <laughs> okay. it's fine. We'll get you listening. Don't you worry. What well, well, other movies do you want to talk about? Well, what I want to talk about because, as odd as it sounds. I love the movie Primary Colors for several reasons. Oh, yeah. I like. Oh yeah, the, I saw that movie. Yeah, I mean, I like. A lot of the acting, I love Kathy Bates, and I think John Travolta and Emma Thompson do a great job. But what fascinates me, I had this idea the other day, and I was like, oh, someone needs to do this. They need to make a Primary Colors 2 where Emma Thompson is running uh, for president, you know? <laughs> okay. But that's the thing is, of course, Primary Colors, it's it's all about the, you know, it's all about the, the Bill Clinton uh, parallel. But this, but it's like... Oh, there's more to the story. Like they should bring these characters back. I agree with that's a great idea. I think that would be awesome. Be- well, that's why you were in a movie. You should be. I'll do it. Hey, I'll do what I can. Honestly, <laughs> do you write? Do you write movies? Do you write screenplays? Yeah. Well, there you go. What are you waiting for? I, you know what? Give Screw me, you, know you guys. What? I gotta go. Give me a tr- <laughs> get me a treatment in the morning, <laughs> and uh, I'll get it over to my people over at the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I remember, I first. Uh, 
I had that idea because it really is just like another interesting primary story. But in this case, like she doesn't, you know, she doesn't get the nomination. And of course, you would have to have her opponent be a very, you know, somebody like Don Cheadle or something like that. But uh, Denzel Washington's too obvious. All right. Go with someone and far like, too black. And b- way too black. No, thank you. Um, let's go with like uh, Terrence Howard or something. But um, anyway, <laughs> the blue eyes, right? <laughs> oh, man. Striking. But uh but I like that one, and then uh, a big one for me that uh, a movie that really just that I that got me thinking a certain way was uh, Wag the Dog. I love that. Oh, movie. because that one. I mean, that, that one that really. Dustin Hoffman was a fantastic in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's you know it's like the last movie I really liked Robert De Niro in because yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was a very un De Niro like character. Yeah, you know, he's got this full beard and stuff. But like, but that one, you know, in in reference to you know some I of the forgot, stuff that you've I've forgotten said. all about those all those movies. Like you remember them? I forget. I see them. I forget them. Movie podcast. You know, I guess you're right. I, you know, we're uh, yeah. I bit, saw that movie. At the time that was of recording. So great. This is what a producer does. People say what a producers do is what they do. See what yeah, they do? it's <laughs> it's a wonderful and and that really speaks to a lot of the stuff that you've talked about. This the idea of of the government just manufacturing being the news. So, being so. Just having its fingers and everything, they're like you would think. Oh, the entertainment industry—they're a different—they're a different animal. But it's like, well, they don't know, not necessarily. You know, it, it, no, not necessarily. Is correct. Yeah, and it, you know, even when it comes out that they're literally paying people to write stories, journalists to write stories, like that one yeah, effort, right. that, that like that gets discovered. Like yeah. that guy still has a job. Oh, really? <laughs> still has, yes, he still has a job. Still has a freaking job. Oh my gosh. Well, that's depressing. Um, well, you know, we've been uh, there's a movie I wanted to get to, and maybe this is a little out of left field, but we've been talking about the media a lot, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a satirical movie that we've talked about in this podcast often okay. that has to do with with uh, war propaganda uh-huh. uh, in, in the media, in, uh, and that the movie that I'm talking about is Starship Troopers, <laughs> which is have you seen it, Mm-mm. Jimmy? It's who's in it? Uh, it's a, no one big. It's a B, B cast. Uh, no. It, it yeah. got written off. It came out in '97, and it got written off yeah. as being just cheesy. And some people said it was like pro-fascist, and those are the people who didn't get it. Cause oh. Right. The the joke is that uh, it's in the in the future, and the whole world is one country now. You know, uh, one entity, and, and and we're fighting against this enemy who are aliens and they're big bugs. And but throughout the movie, you you know, you see people join up. You have to uh, much like in like uh, I'm trying to think, like Greece or Sparta or whatever, you have to you have to serve in the military to be a citizen to be able to vote. Yeah. You have to serve in this country, uh, in, in this world. Um, and but throughout the movie, you know, it'll go back and show essentially what people are seeing on TV. It'll show like the news reports, and they're very much like the propaganda, like World War II propaganda. Yeah, uh, it's it's, it's, it's very really great. Really you need smart. to get you know I, I don't know the kind of movies you like, but you need to get past the fact that they're fighting giant space bugs. Oh, okay. And once you get past, past that, that, it's cheesy and that. it's really gory, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> well, it it's sounds really like great. a no. It's it, again, it sounds like a movie that has a central truth at yeah. its core, right? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I guess the bigger question when I. I guess when I asked you, how do you think it's going to end up? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think we're going to stop the conglomeration of power, especially in the media? Like, that's a horrible thing. We all know it is a horrible thing. And well, I, I think the main thing, and you've you've talked about this uh, on on comedy and everything else. It's not an issue that's getting enough uh, press, and it's something that is really more important than even those uh, advocates of it are, are maybe even realizing. That's net neutrality. Net neutrality. Mm-hmm. It's to me that it's possibly the most important long term issue. Uh, domestically or internationally, really, because uh, the internet has the power to change the face of everything. It, it, because it 
it levels the playing field not completely obviously but to a much greater extent than any other yeah. thing has 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 the ability to and if we don't people don't even know what it is i don't even know i don't even know a non-boring way to say what it is <laughs> yeah, that's how, and that's the problem. You know, people and you're play a comedian, over, and the I'm a comedian. Net neutrality keeps uh, the like um, telecommunications companies from having too much say in what you see on the internet. Hmm. The television, uh, let's compare internet and television. Uh, television is a, is what they call like a push media because it pushes the shows, and you just turn it on, and you say, okay, these are my choices that I have right now. Right. Whereas the internet is uh, unique in being a pull type of media. You go on, and you you tell the internet what you want to watch or what you want to read right. or what you want to do. And uh, that, obviously, having that much choice means it, it, it hurts. You know, when, when you've got the push type of media, they can advertise specifically to, to, to you and to demographics, and, right. and the, the advertisers have a lot of control over that, uh, where, whereas they don't really have as much to do with the internet when you can go wherever you want at any point. Where are they going to get you? Yeah, I... Uh Another movie that is, I guess it's more journalistic than political, is uh, All the President's Men, which is a movie I absolutely love. Oh, yeah, and, I never uh, saw that movie. Really? Can you believe it? <laughs> I, I don't know the next time I'm going to see you. i got to freaking lend this movie to you. Anyway, um, you know, you're, you're, you're rich. You can freaking buy it. <laughs> but, um, anyway, I'm t- I can't lend my movies out to people anymore. No, you don't have to. But, that, um, that's true. People, that's it's true. But uh, I, can, you know, I can Netflix it, too, by Exactly. The way. There you go. I get four Netflix sit at my house right now. Oh, my gosh. But uh, I've just got the two because, you know. But anyway, um, on the special features of it, uh, they interview, like, the real Ben Bradley and the real Carl Bernstein and Woodward and all that. And they talk about, like, what is the, you know, what's the future of the media? And they've got, like, the special, you know, watch the the special two-disc DVD edition because that second disc, there's really nice long, do- you know, uh, featurettes about, you know, prominent journalists who kind of were of a different time talking about where journalism has gone now and where the media has gone now and how really internet is is the only place you're going to find unfiltered uh, content. Now, of course, you can find it for the right, the left, the center. You can find extremist stuff. You know, it doesn't matter. And the fact that you can find so much of it and then you you decide what you're going to, what you believe and what you don't believe, like... All of them, including like Ben Bradley, who at this point is really old, like he welcomes it. He says, "This is great. This is like the best thing to happen for the media." Who's Ben Bradley? Ben Bradley was the editor of the Washington Post oh. uh, during that time. Oh, okay. And uh, and he's the guy who really he was getting a lot of heat I on agree. him at the time. Yeah, no, I agree with him. I think it is good. It's healthy in that, you know, as soon as uh, these new like the Huffington Post has a reporter in Iraq, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that. That's what needs to start happening because. Right. You know, the mainstream media aren't putting reporters anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all going the other way. You know, there's like, as soon as the, the reporters really are newspapers, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but they're cutting newspapers there's yeah. as if they're not making money, even though they still are making a lot of money. Yeah, it's uh, the uh, final season of The Wire had a lot of that. I don't know if you watched The oh, Wire, yeah, but no. it's an amazing show. That's but, what people say. But the last season of it, they start talking about, uh, you know, print media and and, uh, and the paper, you know, the the papers and stuff and how it's just like, you know, to try, because some of them are losing money, and so to try and keep in business, they have to start doing, you know, start filtering content, and and it's uh, kind of de- kind of a depressing season of a very depressing show. Ha, but, uh, that's why I don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I but, stopped watching uh, Weeds for the same reason. 
they started to get a little too real. Like, what, what are you doing? It's supposed to be about a housewife in the suburbs who sells weed. It's supposed to be funny. <laughs> and then on the shelf, all of a sudden, she's mixing it up with the gangsters and fucking yeah. people. And uh, it's like, yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> that show jumped the shark right away, huh? We're, you and I are on the same page. I stopped watching Weeds, too. Oh, God. It was such a... And I, Kevin Nealon, his best work. Yeah. Best work. That oh, guy's yeah. hilarious on that show. Yes. And they're just... You know, it's just like, oh, I, w- I would love to see more Kevin Nealon, but I can't take the rest of the show. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, we've been going for a while. Okay, I'm sorry. So should I we think we should out of here. So I think we should probably, you know, we haven't talked a lot about movies, but as this is going to sound a little strange and preachy, but like, you know, I said this a long time ago when I when I told you that story about uh, my wife, uh, you know, angry at herself because uh, she did not respond to Passion of the Christ the way so many uh, fellow Christians said she should, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I and I had to tell her. Sorry. Uh, didn't mean to throw that at you, uh, but and I had to tell her. I had to tell her something that I that I don't tell people, which is it's just a movie. You know, like movies are the most important thing. And I had to tell her, it's like, hey, you know what? Don't listen to them. It's just a movie. And much in the same way, like, you know, our conversation has gone very much towards real life. And you know, we talked about movies a little bit here and there. And you know, I'm okay with with this episode not being completely about movies because, you know, movies at their best, reflect and comment on real life. And right now, real life is well, these pretty movies, interesting and kind of scary in itself. And if I, if they've learned anything today, it's go see Face in the Crowd or rent it Netflix Absolutely. Face in Another the Crowd. Another movie that I, we won't talk about, oh, okay. I actually want to recommend it because I really meant to get to it today, okay. is uh, The Battle of Algiers. Have you seen it? Oh, oh I still never yeah, saw well, it. Yeah, well, yes, it's exactly what's going on in Iraq. It's yeah. exactly what's going on. Like, they turn the people who live there into terrorists uh-huh. uh, because they don't want people occupying their goddamn country. So then they start shooting the people who are occupying. Then they're ter- it's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Or watch the first four episodes of the third season of Battlestar Galactica because it's the, the same thing. That's very specific. That's, <laughs> but that's uh, wow. That's the same thing. They, well, I've heard that's a great show in general. Oh, they they, 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 to... they did the Battlestar like mirroring the Battle of Algiers thing. Well, mirroring what's happening now. So, I mean, I don't want to spoiler uh, alert for those who haven't gotten too far into Battlestar Galactica. Oh, but, this is new. Uh, no, Galactica? this is a yeah, this is the newish one. But oh. it, this is last season. Uh, but people who aren't into season three yet, essentially they get uh, the humans get captured by the Cylons and they're in a camp. And then the humans who are, you know, we're supposed to be rooting for suddenly become suicide bombers and and uh, and become the insurgents. Uh, cool. It's fantastic. That yeah, I've heard fantastic. I've heard that's one of the best shows on TV right now because it's just so there's that's a great thing about like horror and sci fi is you can put in a lot of political allegory. and like some people don't even notice. Ah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so um, all right. Well, so you've already your... mentioned okay. your website, Jimmy. Wait, oh, it's right. just JimmyDoor.com. JimmyDoorComedy.com. JimmyDoorComedy.com. Somebody stole so. my JimmyDoor.com. Oh, son of a. And sold it to somebody who wants to sell it to me for a bunch of money, and I'm like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> you do comedy, so it stands to read. You know, it's not Jimmy Door drama or anything. Right. But um, D O R E, by the way, is how. Oh yes. People yes, right. sometimes think it's D double O R, which. It's not. No. Uh, um, so, yeah, Citizen Jimmy is available on iTunes and on Amazon. Yeah. Yes. And it's really great. I highly recommend it. And oh, your your half-hour special is on iTunes as well. Yes. And that's, that's but I don't funny. get any money for that. So oh, all right. No, don't Screw that. Yeah. Comedy Central and owns that one. Okay. <laughs> Listen to Comedy and Everything Else. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Because Todd and I are completely paranoid. You know, those negative reviews really jar us. No, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't bother me, but it does jar Todd a little bit. Uh, uh, I buy that. I buy that I completely. love negative reviews. He's like, should we talk it. about it? I'm like, no, these are... It's good when people don't like. It's like you'd have to weed out people. It's okay. Yeah, you know, people want your podcast to be a certain thing. Well, it's not what they want it to be. That's okay. We it's just, what someone else wants it to. We be. We just started getting negative reviews, and we were so excited about it. Yeah, because well, it, it means you know, 
like you said, you're kind of weeding people go, out. Takes time out of their goddamn life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that guy. Listen, I hope that takes out of their life I, to, to write a review of a fucking podcast that he didn't enjoy. I had a review. Literally, a guy goes, "I listened to all eight episodes, hated it." You listened to all eight episodes until you realized you fucking hated it. <laughs> Yeah, you can pick it up probably episode two, honestly. <laughs> like it's like I'm gonna give these guys uh, about nine hours of my time and then if they don't if at hour ten they're still doing their, their bullshit, That's I'm it. I'm done. That's it. They're done forever. <laughs> yeah. We're on episode uh, we're on episode seventy uh, as as at the time of recording, we're on episode seventy three. And uh only now did some guys like, you know, I don't think these guys uh, I don't think these guys see enough mainstream films. I think I'm done. <laughs> So really, <laughs> Pineapple Express thumbs down. All right, okay. Jimmy Dore thumbs down. Pineapple Express. But uh, anyway, so well, thank you very much for being on the show. We really oh, do appreciate. Oh, thanks for it. having me. I hope it uh, didn't skew too far away from what your uh, audience members. That's fine. You know what? I had a fun time talking about it. Absolutely. So I'm sure people will have fun listening to it. Yeah, that's okay, what I tell guys. myself. All right. All right. Thanks, <laughs> well, a thanks lot. everybody. Right, bye. Bye.